Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. For this podcast, Bill welcomes back Elizabeth Provenzano for her second visit to Veterans Corner. Elizabeth is a social worker at the James A. Haley VA Hospital in Tampa. Could you use some help with your veteran to keep him or her from going to a nursing home? Social work services can provide that help at little or no charge. Home health care aides can come to your home and provide a variety of services, including spending time with your vet, giving you some personal time. Please note that this was recorded prior to the coronavirus outbreak and therefore does not discuss it. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. And with every Veterans Corner, two things. One, if there's another person in the house, have them come and listen to it with you, because there's more information than most people can absorb by themselves. Second, have a pencil and paper handy because there's going to be some phone numbers or some information you're going to want to write down. I have with me today Elizabeth Provazano. She's the non-institutional care supervisor at the James A. Haley Veterans Hospital. She's a social work services, and you really have some great services to offer to our vets, especially the older vets and those that are disabled. We do. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me again. Yes, we have a few non-institutional programs. And what that means is that the VA is going to pay for services in the home. We want our veterans to stay home. That's How much better can that get? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I was involved with hospice years ago. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was one of the early people in hospice. And I did six years on the largest hospice in the United States board. And keeping people at home was so much better than institutionalizing them. Absolutely. It's the comforts of home. That's where you feel safe. That's where you feel the most loved and cared for. That's where everybody wants to be. And it's also cost effective. It's so much cheaper for us to put these services in the home for the VA to pay for that than for us to pay for for a veteran to be in a nursing home. What kind of illnesses or maladies does one have to have in order to be a part of the programs that you manage? They have to just have a physical or mental need for it. So the programs are non-institutional, they're non-skilled. So it's hands-on, personal care, a veteran who is unsteady in the shower, has a, a high fall risk, isn't able to clean up themselves and the bathroom is a mess, that kind of stuff, that we send a home health agency in and somebody comes in and physically helps them shower, gets them in there safe does the things for them that they need to do so they're ready for their day. I'm not sure my wife would put up with having somebody else (laughs) jump in the shower, maybe, but you know, what the heck? I've got a big smile on my face right now. We get lots of requests. Some people are more comfortable with females. Some are more comfortable with male. 
I've heard it all. That's today's world. That's right. That's right. But they are, they're licensed home health agencies. All of their certified nursing assistants and home health aides are licensed in the state of Florida. They're covered under the home health agency's insurance. And we do reviews on the agencies to make sure that they're meeting quality measures. And they work with us under, we call them veterans choice agreements. So if somebody feels that they need care, don't want to go to an institution, they should go to the VA, to their primary care doctor, and talk to them about it? Correct. Correct. They need to actually be a veteran who goes to our hospital. They have to have a primary care doctor at our hospital. That's where the referrals come from, from the primary care social worker and the doctor. Those people that know me, I think the social workers are people in the VA that get very little credit unfortunately, because they're always in the background. And there's so many things that you do through your department that are so valuable. Uh, For instance, the little call button that you can get through your department. If you fall, if you're a potential fall risk, you can actually ask your doctor to ask the social worker to review you for that kind of button, correct? The life alert. It comes from prosthetics, but yes, the social workers can put those in for you. And we don't need the credit. We just want to make sure our veterans are taken care of. Well, I think people work well with credit. <laughs> I mean, they, they, let's face it, they're not going to pay you huge salaries. So, so at least somebody needs to appreciate you. And I get that a lot. I always call my veterans and or the caregiver before the services are set up when I receive a referral. I explain what the program's about, what we're going to be doing, and I get a lot of thank yous. Even if it's just a couple hours a week, they're so appreciative of just having somebody in there to take that burden off of either for their own peace of mind as the veteran so that they feel safe or the caregiver who then doesn't have to do it and there's somebody that can do it for them. So first step is to go to your doctor. Your VA doctor. Correct. You do not have to worry about whether you're service-connected disabled. That correct? is correct. You just so have to have a physical need. it's not service-connected at all. It just, you have to be an enrolled person at the VA, correct? Correct. And then your doctor makes a judgment that you need to be referred to a social worker for some assistance, correct? Correct. Now, the doctors usually rely on the social worker for that, and they kind of work together. Sometimes the veteran will go directly to the doctor, sometimes to the social worker, but they collaborate and they talk about that. An assessment is completed by the primary social worker, and that's what determines their need and how many hours a week they'll be getting. What would be included in the assessment? They ask things, well, first of all, we want to know what's going on at home, so my team, the team that runs this program, we want to know what's going on so that we can find the best home health agency with the best aid that can go in that really fits the need. So is there a support system? Are there stairs in the home? Are there animals that need to be locked up? Is the veteran a smoker? We just want to know everything we can before we walk in. And then the assessment itself is what are their needs with their ADLs? So how is it with bathing? What's an ADL? I'm sorry. Activities of daily living. So that would be <laughs> bathing and dressing and grooming and feeding, uh, transferring from bed to chair, things like that. We want to know how well you do that. And the way I usually do it is I say, Bill, let's walk through your day. When you wake up in the morning, do you need somebody to come help you get out of bed and transfer and go into the bathroom and use the bathroom? Do you need somebody to be there with you when you take a shower? And it's it's a qu- answer, you know, A, B, C, D, E, during different scenarios. And that's how we determine 
how many hours a week of the personal care assistance, the in-home respite that they'll be provided. It's kind of embarrassing many times for those of us who have been active and those of us who have been self-sufficient to reach out and say, I can't do this anymore. I know. It's really hard. I have sat with a veteran and his spouse many a times, and the spouse is saying one thing and the veteran is saying the complete opposite. She's saying, yes, he needs the help. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I know. I let them know that we can't help them. We don't want them to fall. We don't want them to end up in a nursing home. If we can put in even three hours a week of somebody coming in to help, that can prevent them from going to a nursing home. I personally have a 25-pound lifting restriction. That's it, 25 pounds. Every time I've gone past that, I've hurt myself. I'm sure. And I've had to go back in for physical therapy or whatever. And just yesterday, as an example, I needed to buy some salt, 44-pound bags. And no way I'm going to lift those bags. I mean, I know I can. I could lift them. But the odds of getting hurt doing it are pretty healthy. And I had to stand there and watch this young girl at Sam's Club pick up those bags. And, put them. <laughs> and it was a killer to have to admit I couldn't do it. I'm then sure. when I got to the front door, I asked them for help to get it in the car. And it was interesting. I had my DAV shirt on, so I saw it was a vet. And she said, oh, yeah, we love to help vets. And this guy behind me said, I'm a vet. And I'm going by your car with you, and I'll unload it. And he was a young vet, mm-hmm. but it was so nice. I yeah. didn't feel so bad about him lifting as <laughs> getting another small 18-year-old girl lifting it, and I can't. So, I mean, people coming into the house, you have to be brutally honest with your person that is there evaluating, correct? Absolutely. And I, I know it's a it's a hard thing. It's a very personal thing, especially to have a stranger come into your home and help you get in the shower and get dressed for the day. So the referral is very important because we really try to match the veteran's needs and their comfort level with the right caregiver, the right aid to come in there. What if we have a spouse, and I use the term spouse rather than husband or wife, But if we have a spouse that is just getting wore out Mm -hmm. and their husband or wife says, oh, I'm I'm still okay," but they don't realize the other one's picking up greater and greater share of the load. Can that spouse call the doctor at the VA and say, I need help? Sure. And that's what our in-home respite program does. So it might not be the hands-on care for the veteran, but we, we use the same home health agencies and it would just be a CNA, a home health aide that is just there with the veteran to play cards so that the spouse can get out of the house and do doctor's appointments or lunch with friends, you know, whatever that is. It's so important. And I tell my caregivers all the time, Mm -hmm. I tell my caregivers, you have to have a break. If you break down and end up in the hospital, who's going to take care of your veteran? I have a friend whose spouse right now is getting your help. Oh, great. And is very, very grateful for it because her spouse is having a problem with memory and Mm -hmm. she can't leave him alone. It's like having a two-year-old in the house all the time. It's constant. She has to stay on top of it and it's very difficult Mm -hmm. for her. So that spouse could call the VA and say, look, I need help. And they would send somebody out to evaluate the situation with the enrollee. 
If they're in our home-based primary care program, then somebody would come to their house. If they're not, then they have to go to their clinic, wherever their primary care doctor is, so, and the social worker at the clinic would assess. So let's let's assign a gender to spouse. Okay. All right. If the man is saying, "Oh, I don't need it. I yeah, I can get by. I don't want to go to the doctor for this," but the spouse, the, the wife, says, "Hey, wait a minute. I, I can't do this any longer." Can she call independently up to the VA and say, hey, look, I need somebody to talk with him or help get him to come into this program? As long as the doctor has seen them recently within, we do have social workers that do assessments over the phone or the doctor will order it. If it's been a long time, say nine, 10 months since the doctor has seen the veteran, they might be a little leery about putting in services because they really want to see the veteran, see how things are. But we have that a lot. We kind of get creative with how we talk to them. I've had some where it's just, you know, oh, well, this person wants to come visit and talk to you about cars. And, you know, you kind of find whatever makes them tick, that veteran tick, and focus it that way so it doesn't feel like somebody's coming to babysit me or sit with me. Yeah, that ego is something that gets in the way of a lot of things. (laughs) Yes. But but also, I've watched any number of time where the caregiver has died before the person getting the care. Absolutely. Because they just wore themselves straight out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, again, what I tell my caregivers all the time. You cannot take care of your veteran if you are sick. Now, these are not employees of the VA coming out, correct? Correct. They are home health agencies that we work with under Veterans Choice Agreements. And they're paid for by the VA. The VA pays for Is there any co-pays or anything that goes with that? For the hands-on personal care assistance, there is not a co-pay. For the respite, there may be. So we ask if a veteran is not service-connected at all. We ask them to fill out, it's called a 1010 EC. So to get into the VA, we do a means test, the 1010 EZ. This is called an EC, and it is for long-term care. So we ask them to fill that out. But this is just for the respite side. Just for the respite side. And if it is determined that they have a copay, it's $15 for a visit. So if they do it once a week, it's $15 for that one once a week. And it does not kick in until the 22nd visit. So the first 21 visits are free. I can tell you there are a lot of spouses in this town right here and all throughout South County Mm -hmm. that are sitting here saying, we need to do this because I need to get out of here every once in a while. Yes. Yes. And the agencies are great. I recommend that they, they set a same schedule, whether it's 12 to three every Tuesday that way the caregiver knows, okay, I can make my doctor's appointments. I, I know I have that time block, and I can make that my block of time that I use for me. My guest today has been Elizabeth Provenzano, non-institutional care supervisor, James A. Haley, Social Work Services. Her number is 813-972-2000. That's the main hospital with an extension 1611. If you want more information on this, call that number, 813-972-2000, extension 1611. Don't burn out. Call that number and get some help. I'm Bill Hodges. This has been Veterans Corner. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know, and we'll talk with you again on Veterans Corner. 
You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.